They'd be logged in on the platform. Fellow South Africans who are following us uh, in different platforms. As we meet today, being the end of uh, the Africa month, but also in the country we're starting the Child Protection Week. One hopes we'll be able to contribute in different ways to ensure that children but as part of government interventions, you would know that uh, the grant system we have in the country, it's a direct intervention in the second economy. Where most of those affected by poverty, but children are to be protected uh, from hunger and starvation. And the entity that comes before us today has an important role uh, in that regard, as most of these grants would be are channeled uh, through that system, uh, because uh, the post office in particular has a footprint in almost every part of the country, in particular the rural areas where most of those that are found in that space of poverty would be, would be located. So as we have deliberations, we have to keep uh, that in mind, that everything possible has to be done to ensure that the post office doesn't fail. Honorable members, I will then go to as the formalities of starting up the meeting to remind ourselves of the rules on this platform. Firstly, just as a reminder that at all times we need to ensure that our mics are muted and video camera off if you are not a speaker on the platform until you are recognized by the chairperson in that case, you'll then have to unmute your mic as well as switch your video camera on. In situations where you're experiencing uh, connectivity challenges, give an indication to the chairperson who will then allow you to switch off your video camera so as to maximize your bandwidth, but also ensuring that the meeting able to hear you. On point of orders, honorable members, a reminder once again that wise point of orders are allowed, we are guided uh, that we should follow the same rules. You would not unmute the mic uh, on a point of order until you are recognized by the chairperson. In that case, uh, only at that time that you'd unmute your mic and raise the point of order for which the chair would also rule on. We are also guided that not unnecessary point of orders to a point of collapsing the meeting on this platform. For those that are in the platform, both members and other participants, 
as there may be disconnections from time to time and they have to reconnect, please ensure at all times that your video camera is off as well as your uh, mic is muted. Uh, this is also to ensure that as mics are sensitive, they do not pick up uh, background sounds which may distract the speaker that may be on the platform. So if we keep to this, uh, that would uh, help our meetings to run uh, smoothly. I will, do, I will uh, without uh, further ado, go to the committee support staff, uh, uh, Ms. Nabin, to check if we have got applications for leave of absence or apologies uh, so that we place those on record. In case there may be those that are omitted, I'll check with the uh, members uh, in that regard. Mr. David. Um, uh, good morning, once again, Chairperson. Uh, we have um, an apology from the Minister. Uh, she's attending a cabinet economic retreat. An apology from the Deputy Minister. And as well, we have uh, two apologies from the committee uh, from Honorable Kubega and a standing apology from Honorable Majosi. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Tavini. Are the apologies that may have been left out uh, from honorable members that may have been submitted? I take it that uh, there are no uh, further apologies uh, and take it that uh, those that have been submitted are, uh, of course, not and approved by the committee. Uh, but I've been made to understand that indeed we do have now full quorum to proceed. Yes. Having raised that, I uh, would now go to uh, the items on the agenda of which Mr. Uh, Davin would now uh, flight them. Uh, honorable members, as you would have received notice convening this meeting, as well as uh, presentations uh, that have been circulated for purposes of engagement in this meeting. That's the agenda for the meeting. We would get uh, a briefing uh, by SAPO uh, on the matters that are tabled there, establishment of the oversight team as it relates to the turnaround strategy, the implementation of the turnaround strategy, the labor issues that were still pending, uh, as well as look at revenues, improvement on cash flows, <clears throat> and, and of course, a, a pending matter. Uh, we dealt with the first part, but there were those matters that uh, SAPO was to come back on with regard to malpractice at John Sandville Post Office. We then have uh, the briefing by SAPO on its uh, 2021 20, annual report. Uh, we'll then get a briefing on uh, the South African Post Bank Bill uh, and then look at the adoption of uh, minutes uh, thereafter. In guiding this, uh, having received the apologies, would we'll then uh, be guided, of course, by the department, just get a brief uh, overview from the department that does. Uh, oversight on, on the entities of the department uh, as led by the acting teacher. 
immediately after that we will then take the presentations. But as I said, honorable members, uh, members had an opportunity of going through the presentations. We will then take all presentations from SAPO at a go, then get members to engage. We'll then uh, take uh, the presentation on the bill, uh, the postpone bill uh, thereafter. Uh, make our comments and recording stopped in the process recording in progress the, the, the minutes uh, so if, if members would agree I would really want that after the acting DG would give Sabo to take us uh, on both items uh, that's one and two uh, as they do that uh, would allocate a maximum 15 minutes um, because of uh, the matters that we need to engage, uh, which gives them also an opportunity to uh, update us if there may be new developments uh, that are of importance to the committee and, and the people of South Africa uh, as they present. Uh, this is because we would have received the presentation uh, some days back and, and therefore if there's anything they would want to take the committee into confidence on, uh, that would also be the opportunity. So that would be like 50 minutes after the acting DG. And immediately after that, we take a discussion whilst members uh, are fresh to engage and uh, thereafter deal with the legislated matter of the bill. Um, acting uh, DG, uh, Ms. Jordan, uh, Johnny, are you on the platform? Yes, I am, Chair, and I oh, hope you yes. are. Yes, so we'll be directed by yourself. Thank you. Welcome. Can proceed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, um, Honorable Chair. I'd like to greet all the honorable members on this platform. I also like to greet um, the leadership at the post office um, that is led by the deputy chair, uh, together with the group CEO, as well as then the other stakeholders on the platform. Um, chair, this morning, as you've indicated, um, we, as we had committed, that we will be appraising um, the portfolio committee on updates regularly with regards to the SAPO um, turnaround, uh, um, the strategy that was adopted and which we had presented to the portfolio committee earlier on this year. And we would also like to present the annual reports um, as of the 31st of March um, last year. We do know that there were um, delays on this and would like to apologize to the honorable members. We also like to apologize um, honorable chair and honorable members um, for the late submission of the two presentations um, for this morning. Um, it was that we needed to see clarity and it was by no means meaning to undermine um, the house and would like to therefore extend our sincere apologies. We've put in the system measures to ensure that there is um, consequence management with regards to performance. Um, so that is something that 
we will be monitoring going forward. Um, Honorable Chair, um, what we will then see um, today in the presentation that is being um, brought forward, especially under the, the annual um, report, would have been a situation that does not look appetizing, but we'd like to give an assurance that we are working with the leadership at the post office together with National Treasury to then put in mechanisms in as far as addressing firstly the financial situation at SAPO, but more than anything, we're also working towards the execution of the SAPO of tomorrow strategy. Already you would have seen, and I'm hoping that the group CEO will be able to appraise you on some of the winnings that and progress that we're making in as far as the implementation of the future of SAPO strategy. And I'm hoping that will then give the honorable members some hope. We certainly do believe that SAPO remains a critical player um, especially for government, but also, as you would see, that because of its large footprint within the country, it remains, therefore, a critical platform for service delivery um, and for our citizens um, to be able to have frontline um, services. They partner, obviously, with the Department um, of Social Development and the South African Social Security Agency in as far as the disbursement of social grants. They partner with the Department of Transport in as far as services and renewal of license. They also have gotten businesses with the departments of education and also the Department of Health. And we continue to look for future businesses within government as well as outside of government. With the strategy itself, it talks about repositioning the post office to then becoming a critical player um, within the e-commerce and the digital um, sector or, um, industry. We do believe that with these interventions, you will then see positive light. However, um, honorable members, I do want to put the cover to say, in our projections, considering that the interventions that we've put in place is not going to be a shock, especially when it comes to, um, well, whilst we're trying to cut down on operational expenses, we are also very mindful of the current economic climate. And therefore we cannot necessarily look at the option of retrenchment. And therefore we've come up with an option and a solution that is actually going to look at the rescue and the business basically coming out of debt within an 18 month period. Um, that is from the beginning of um, this financial year. And we would like to beg the indulgence of the portfolio committee to work with us on this journey. We commit to give regular feedbacks to the portfolio committee, but we're also therefore mindful of the fact that these interventions will not translate to the realization in terms of overnight success. But we are quite confident um, and also other interventions that the post office working with National Treasury have put into place. We are committing to monthly um, updates um, and engagements with National Treasury in the same way that we are doing with regards to the turnaround of the SABC. 
we are also then um, committing to report to the portfolio committee. We monitor this and we have regular engagements um, led by the deputy minister on a bi-weekly basis with the leadership at the post office. And therefore we are tracking the progress in as far as the execution and the implementation of the strategy. Um, Honorable Chair, I would not want to uh, hold the meeting up and I'd like to therefore hand over to the Deputy Chair um, of SAPO, who is then leading the SAPO delegation, as well as then the Group CEO to take us through the two presentations. Thank you very much. Thank you, Tintichi. Mr. Machomos. Good, thank you very much, uh, Chair, and uh, good morning to honorable members, uh, to colleagues in the department and the post office and uh, post bank uh, as well. Um, just a few points to make really before one calls upon the CEO, who will then marshal her team for the presentations. In terms of where we are as the post office, in fact, more where we still are. Uh, we are still in And we're the... trying to get where you are, uh, Mr. Machombos, because we didn't get an indication uh, that you may have problems of uh, showing up. Yes, yes, now we see you. That we okay. can do the Thank you. All right. No, thank you very much. Um, yeah, uh, I was saying I'll just make a, a few a few remarks, um, and then I will hand over to the CEO, who will then marshal her team. In terms of where we are, we are still in the in the doldrums, and therefore the analogy of Escorocoro still holds, or of being in the ICU and requesting then uh, the intervention of funding and resourcing particularly the rolling out of the post office of tomorrow strategy, um, which we have started on, and some aspects of implementation uh, will be unveiled by the CEO and her team. Uh, Despite the difficulties that we are facing, uh, there are attempts at um, getting green shoots here and there, and uh, we have um, recently been able to at least register what we think will be helpful in taking us forward uh, from a revenue collection point of view. And that, again, will be indicated by the CEO. Uh, we are sustained by the support uh, that we're getting from stakeholders, and we particularly appreciate uh, the comments that were made at the beginning of the meeting which align to a realization that has grown out there in the public uh, in terms of the strategic role of the post office, particularly if uh, it is considered uh, that its footprint extends to the underserviced areas. But of course, that is also the mandate of the post office to particularly do that and therefore there is an element of a cross-subsidization in terms of the performing businesses, but also uh, going to those areas that are otherwise difficult to reach that even our competitors 
have no appetite for. And we continue to push and pull and punch in a metaphorical way on the staff and also ourselves. Um, and we are sustained by hope and we, we remain faithful uh, to the cause. And we trust that soon enough, the pronouncements that were made at the budget vote by the minister in terms of possible support in the allocations will soon realize. And we trust that at the next uh, portfolio committee, there would have been some material progress in that respect. So with those uh, few remarks, uh, Chair, I'm happy to invite the CEO uh, to take us through uh, the strategy and also uh, touch on the consequence uh, management arena uh, that uh, was indicated in the opening remarks as well. So I'd like to thank you very much for that. Thank you, Chair. <clears throat> Um, thank you, Kenwell Jones-Bosey, and to the honorable members, uh, honorable chair of the committee, uh, the chairs of the boards, as well as the colleagues on the other side, and the DG and her team from the department. Good morning. Uh, chair, it is important for us to note that the reports, uh, the report that we are bringing in front of the committee this morning is a report for the year 2020-2021. Um, as the DG has already apologized for the lateness thereof, we are pleased to announce that as today is the last day for us to submit to the AG uh, in compliance with the 31st of May deadline, uh, SAPO will be on time. We have finalized uh, our our Fs, and we are going to be able to uh, submit on time, which then would assist the AG in uh, auditing the report and making sure that we are on time coming back here this year to come and report on the 2021-22 financial year. Uh, I would like the Secretariat to please make uh, Mr. Geert Patai um, uh, um, give him the um, uh, authority to share because he's going to be sharing the uh, presentation. And while that is happening, Chair, I'd like to just make the point that, um, you know, it's important for South Africans to understand the role that uh, SAPO plays, not only in the urban areas, but also in the rural, the most rural areas. And I think if, when we deal with SAPO, we should come from that perspective, that it is part of the fabric that pulls and brings people together. There are people in this country who will not be able to get access to either postal and some government services if a SAPO does not exist. So it's, it's well and good to say, yes, the private sector can do this maybe more efficiently than you guys. Um, that's, that's fine. But even they do not want to go to those areas. So um, as we deal with SAPO, we need to get that right. The last point I'd like to make before um, calling upon Mr. Batai to present is around the fact that having had SAPO on a downward spiral for more than seven years now, it is not going to be possible to turn it around almost immediately. But having said that, we are confident, having looked uh, from the inside, we are confident that we can indeed bring a SAPO of tomorrow. It may not look like the SAPO that people have seen in the past because the times have changed, 
the environment has changed and therefore we need a community, an organization that moves with the times. Now, I think what we need are two things. We need time and we need some funding. And when we say some funding, we actually are looking for funding so that we can service uh, you know, be able to try and catch up on what we have, we, where we are currently, that's number one. But the main thing we're looking for funding for is to implement this new, exciting um, post office of tomorrow strategy. And we believe that if we are able to do all the things and the initiatives that we've put on there, we would never have to come back to government to look for funding again. So for us, it's really about ensuring that we are given the wherewithal to, to, to start. But as the chair of the board has just mentioned, we did not wait for the funding to drop. We are looking at other ways and means in which uh, we can get things right. Uh, the DG has tabulated some of the recent contracts that we've signed, despite the private sector going to some of our international uh, clients to say, why are you working with SAPO? They are a useless bunch, you come work with us. And they just come back and tell us, and then we keep it pushing. So it's important that we are keeping focused. There are a number of um, people or, or stakeholders who really are trying to uh, defocus us, we are not losing focus. We know exactly where we are going and we are focusing there, but we do need some time and some kind of support funding uh, so that we can implement those. Uh, Chair, please allow me to call upon Mr. Geb Batai to take us through uh, this, the presentation. He will be assisted uh, by the acting CFO, Mr. Lenny Davender. Over to you, Chair. Thank you. Uh, good afternoon or good morning, Chair. Uh, my apologies if I do not switch my camera on. It's just to, uh, to ensure my bandwidth. My reception seems to be a little bit patchy today, um, so I will take through, I will take the committee through to through the presentation today. And I'd like to say good morning to all. Thank you for joining, and um, uh, we will be taking you through the presentation. Um, there were a number of queries that were raised um, in terms of the presentation that we needed to do, and necessarily the one was the establishment of the oversight team, which the DG has touched upon. Then the implementation of the post office of tomorrow. That we, is our turnaround strategy that we worked on and has been submitted. That was um, submitted to the DCDT uh, at the end of January, uh, following consultation with the shareholders and the stakeholders and necessarily also presented through to the, the committee. Uh, the third matter that we will touch upon are the labor matters. There were certain items that we will be discussing as well. And then matters to improve cash flow. And then there was also the report back on the Janssenville matters that were raised previously and discussed. We will just be giving an update of the progress uh, on the matters that were raised. Uh, in terms of the uh, oversight team, um, the post office of tomorrow strategy, which we indicate is our turnaround strategy, has been incorporated into the corporate plan for 2022-23 through to the financial year 25. Where previously SAPO uh, prepared an annual, uh, annual corporate plan, this corporate plan will remain in place for the medium term, as indicated for the three-year period. What we will do, however, is at, at each uh, financial year end or we will monitor and where required adjust the KPIs 
Uh, and then obviously resubmit an annual performance plan with a review of the attainments uh, that we did achieve during that financial year. Currently, in terms of the reporting structures, there are quarterly meetings uh, currently held between National Treasury, the shareholder, the Department of Digital Technologies and Communication, and then necessarily the SA Post Office, uh, where uh, representatives from the South African Post Office on the executive level uh, are present, uh, and necessarily the National Treasury and the DCDT. Uh, these oversight meetings will necessarily be instituted on a monthly basis following uh, funding availability to ensure that the necessary uh, outcomes are achieved and to implement remedial action where required. In terms of the post office of tomorrow's strategy, as indicated, um, that is our turnaround strategy, it has been premised on a certain level of funding becoming available. Now, notwithstanding that the funding uh, has not yet become available. We have uh, in, in, commenced with a number of initiatives. Um, you will recall that the, the post of sub tomorrow strategy is premised on five uh, revenue pillars, which really concern the logistic centers, uh, really reestablishing the post office as a logistic um, provider. And then also the logistic partnerships, where we would not want to go into competition with our logistics uh, competitors, but really in a competition uh, arrangement. The e-commerce and the, 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 the establishment of an e-commerce capability, the re-establishment the, and the upgrade of the, the authentication certificates or becoming the authentication authority within South Africa. And then the final or the fifth pillar being the digital business hubs. So in terms of the organizational structure, that has not changed for a number of years. So we are currently redesigning the operating model to ensure that it complies and it supports the uh, post office of tomorrow strategy. So it's really looking at flattening and optimizing the current structure and where required either merging or splitting business units and support units so that the correct efficiencies are achieved. So this has already been in process. The various structures have been discussed at executive level. Uh, we will be implementing these quite shortly. In terms of the executive management, there was some advertisements that were placed um, internally and externally for specifically on the commercials, uh, the, the group executives commercial, group executive logistics, and a number of other critical executive management positions that need to be filled to ensure that we have the correct and adequate and the the necessary business leadership to ensure that the post office of tomorrow uh, is implemented and is successful. So we have already commenced with the advertisement for executive management. Now, as indicated by the CEO and also indicated by the, by the uh, uh, acting deputy director general or acting director general, um, currently the staff is a component, staff cost component is the largest cost component of the South African post office, comprising about 61 of all operating expenses currently. Uh, we are currently, uh, in terms of optimizing the staff costs, we've commenced with a redeployment process. So from where there's an oversupply to where there's an undersupply, this process is not a once-off, it's a continuous process. And obviously we adapt as and when we need to redeploy individuals. This is an ongoing process. In terms of the voluntary severance packages, we implemented a phase one which constituted 668 employees, which left the organization during quarter four of the 21-22 financial year. There was a phase two VSP, which was uh, not implemented due to certain constraints, uh, but we have received applications for that. 
Now, another key pillar of the post office of tomorrow is necessarily the, if we can call it that, the insourcing to employee-owned companies. So necessarily where a service is provided by an external company and we are able to utilize the, the services or apply services to fulfill that by employees, we are working towards establishing employee-owned companies, looking at areas as property management, gardening, cleaning, and wherever we are able to outsource the, the functions to employee-owned companies so that we do not necessarily have to engage in a section 189 or, or, or better known as retrenchments. We've also uh, implemented our owner driver scheme. We are in the final stages of completing a financial feasibility in terms of how we can guarantee a form of sustainable income to employees who have opted to for the owner driver scheme. We have received a number of those applications and as indicated, we are currently working towards the implementation of that. Now necessarily um, for the post office of tomorrow's strategy to become successful and to become uh, something that we can work towards is we need to look at our delivery standards. Now, in the past, the software post office, the, the, the post office delivery standards have been uh, not the best, as we all know. Uh, and we are actively working towards improving these delivery standards so that we become a trusted brand, which is a key pillar of the strategy that we become a trusted, relevant and reliable uh, institution. Uh, now, necessarily, there were some challenges in terms of the, the vehicle fleet. Uh, however, this has now been addressed with a new incoming uh, um, service provider. And as we receive more vehicles, the delivery standard will improve and also we will have a more reliable line haul. There's been a hard push towards clearing the backlogs. Um, there was also some company-wide initiatives where employees from, from all, all uh, units have assisted the operations division with clearing these backlogs by sorting, by transporting mail, and even by taking uh, the postmen on, on their delivery walks, by transporting on the delivery walks. Now, a major issue that we've also had is necessarily the resolution of the customer complaints. Um, and we've had some challenges in resolving those necessarily because we were running on a manual system, uh, largely in Excel. So the call center management system has, an has been implemented where the tracking of these calls and uh, the resolution thereof uh, will be facilitated. So that will assist with the call resolution. We have a target currently of uh, the resolution of all customer complaints lodged at the call center within a period of seven days. Uh, and we are working hard towards resolving those. Now in terms of, uh, and we indicated that there's those five strategic pillars which are foundational to the post office of tomorrow strategy is necessarily the logistics and the logistics capabilities. We are finalizing the end-to-end -end solution for logistics, which includes fleet management, route optimization, and other tools of trade required to enhance and to uh, improve our logistics capabilities so that we do become a logistic provider of choice in the South African market. Uh, as indicated, the business case is an approval process. It's gone through some, there have been some tweets required uh, but as indicated, notwithstanding that no funding has yet been made formally, uh, we are already in the process of implementing logistics into a solution. And as you may recall, we submitted the, um, the uh, annual performance plan for the 22-23 financial year, uh, which then was very much crafted according to those five strategic pillars, uh, the revenue pillars. Now, critical to the establishment of the post office of tomorrow is necessarily the digitalization 
and the modernization of the post office. Now that's where the trust center comes in. Now with the increase in uh, electronic transactions taking place, there is the need for a certification authority. Uh, the, the SA post office has a trust center capability currently in place, but due to a number of reasons, uh, this has now required to be upgraded, renewed and modernized. So in terms of that, we are finalizing the business case. It was presented at the executive level. Some changes were required, those are being made. Uh, and again, the trust center uh, that is already for in, in, in an advanced stage um, for implementation. In terms of the e-commerce platform, um, there was some work done uh, during the 2020-21 financial year where uh, the e-commerce platform was established due to some certain procurement um, matters that needed to be resolved. That work did not proceed. But in the meantime, we've necessarily concluded partnerships with certain large e-commerce retailers, which include, include Wish.com, Mail America, Signature Mail, MyIce, and CME. Uh, and we have established APIs where they are able to uh, link into the South African post office system to check the performance on the delivery of their parcels. We are hopeful that uh, there are some additional service providers that will come on and that comes uh, in line with what the CEO has indicated a little bit earlier on. We are working on some other partnerships uh, with some international players and we are hopeful that we'll be able to give some, uh, some, some improved news in terms of additional companies with which we've concluded uh, agreements. In terms of the digital business hubs, as indicated, that is the first strategic revenue pillar. Um, we have received board approval for the, the digital business hubs. It has been discussed um, with the shareholder for implementation. A funding request for the implementation of the digital business hubs was also discussed with the shareholder. Uh, they have indicated that whilst they are supportive, they will need to find and source some funding for us. But that will assist in necessarily the, the bridging the digital divide, um, which the shareholder is tasked to resolve. Uh, so via the implementation of the digital business hubs concept that the post office has finalized, uh, it will assist with the DCTT. In terms of the modernization and digitalization uh, of the post office, there are some critical components that need to be implemented. And necessarily that one, the, the most important at this point is the data center migration. The data centers currently house at Seven Church. Uh, and uh, there are numerous challenges that we are experiencing uh, in terms of failover, failback, in terms of uh, structure, uh, and a number of those. So we are now currently in a discussion with CETA to migrate the data center. We have divided the data center migration into three aspects, which is the cloud move or the cloud migration, uh, which is a go. There will be certain uh, applications that we are able to migrate to the cloud, uh, which are ready to be migrated. However, there's a connectivity dependence in terms of the connection to the cloud. So there are certain matters that we need to resolve in terms of procurement by CETA. Um, now with the, the um, the, uh, the, the further advice in terms of the treasury regulations, we trust that this will be able to be resolved quite quickly. Uh, and then also there is the hybrid mail service move, which is necessarily works towards our, um, our, our, our hybrid mail. There is also, there's a connectivity dependency on that as well. And then the white space move. The white space move really refers to our applications which are not ready to 
migrate to the cloud where some of the white space or some physical space will be required. The space has been sourced, but there again, there is some work and connectivity that needs to be placed in place. So we are working towards having the data center migration completed uh, as soon as possible. In terms of our post of uh, point of sale hardware, um, there is the, the dire need to upgrade our point of sale hardware. That is really the, the, computers, the computers that we use at the post office branches uh, to be able to transact. These computers are in dire need of, 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 of replacement. Um, so that business case um, has been previously approved, but given the changes in the, the staff numbers and the layout of and closure of a number of branches, that number has had to be revised. There's also some changes in terms of the technological landscape. So in terms of the upgrade of the point of sale hardware, that business case is in finalization. And again, will also be presented through to the board. And as soon as funding availability or funding is available, we will then be able to commence with the procurement for the point of sale hardware. In terms of the point of sale software, there have been some engagements with the service provider to resolve some legacy matters. Uh, the engagements with the service provider are at an advanced stage, and we trust that this will be able to be resolved so that we are able to upgrade our point of sale software, which will then be able to function on the uh, Windows 10 uh, operating system that the new, that the new um, point of sale hardware will have. There's also looking at the UPU um, that will also probably, or that will have a, a point of sale a software solution available during July this year. In terms of end user computing, there we need to look at the refresh of desktops and laptops uh, due to the age. Uh, if I may just add the laptop that I'm currently working on is, is 10 years of, of age. So in the terms of um, uh, uh, computer equipment, that is, uh, I suppose it's past its sell-by date. Fortunately, it's, my laptop is still working. But in many instances, and for a lot of other staff members, they do, they do not have the required uh, tools of trade to be able to do their work effectively and as optimally as they are able to, should be doing. In terms of the product development to support the post office of tomorrow's strategy, now one has to read this in conjunction with the other revenue pillars that we are looking at being the, the logistics and the logistic partnerships, then also the e-commerce partnerships and the e-commerce platform that we are currently working on, and then necessarily the uh, trust center we're already looking at, we have developed an online NBL solution, which has been, uh, which was launched during February. And then there's also some moves towards having the post office be a delivery agent on behalf of the, of, of the, the authorities in terms of where a license is renewed. We are currently working on an email for life, which then relates back to the digital business hubs, which then speaks to the requirement that the minister spoke to some time ago uh, in a briefing where she said that there would be an email created for every South African, which we would want to then link, link in with our e-registered mail, which would then serve as a registered email address for the, for the delivery of notifications uh, and any other legal requirement document. Uh, so we are working towards that amongst others. Um, so, so you will note that we are at, at this stage, we have already progressed quite far with the implementation of the post office of tomorrow strategy. But in terms of that, some funding will be required to be able to implement where capital expenditure is required. Now, whilst we have been discussing the post office of tomorrow strategy, there have been some legacy matters also that needed to be resolved uh, in terms of with labor. 
And we, uh, one of our key enablers to the post office of tomorrow strategy is our employees. We are unable to implement the post office of tomorrow strategy unless we take our employees with us. And the uh, organized labor representatives have been included in most, and if not all the discussions that we've had. The latest engagement that we had with organized labor was on the 19th of May, where we briefed um, the labor representatives on the financial position of the post office as it is, uh, which is, uh, which is uh, constrained at this point in time. Feedback in terms of uh, funding by government was also given following discussions that were held with the National Treasury and then the shareholder as well. Then we were looking and discussed certain manners and methods and ways that we can look at strengthening the balance sheets in terms of liabilities that are currently uh, sitting on our balance sheet. Uh, there was the matter of back pay that we discussed. Then there was the Medipass historical debt. And then also the resolution of the post-retirement medical aid, which also uh, is a large liability, which the South African Post Office is carrying, and ways and means to reduce that liability. In terms of cost-cutting measures, again, a number of uh, proposals were made to the organized labor and discussed, uh, and finality is still to be attained in terms of that, but where we then necessarily looked at reduced working hours, the possibility of salary cuts, the voluntary severance packages, and then necessarily the implementation of the owner driver scheme. As indicated uh, previously, the recruitment to executive positions has commenced, and necessarily we needed to just give context and requirements through to organized labor so that no skewed view is being held in that, um, you know, whilst we understand that the labor cost is at 61% of all expenses, there are some certain key critical positions that need to be filled to ensure that the post office of tomorrow uh, is implemented. Then a discussion or feedback was held with regards to the SRD grants and the payment thereof. And then the master services agreement in terms of, uh, which was signed between the post office and SASA in terms of payment of social grants. Again, we wish to point out that the matters were discussed and proposals presented uh, by management, but were then again subject to discussion of organized labor. In terms of improving the cash flow, um, to date, uh, we have only uh, entered into essential procurement. Um, now with the, with the clarity in terms of the uh, Constitutional Court um, ruling in terms of the, the procurement regulations, uh, that will add some certainty in terms of how we proceed from here so that we can necessarily enter into the required procurement for the initiatives which would support the post office of tomorrow strategy. Now, again, the, as we indicated, staff costs and security services are the highest cost drivers uh, in the post office and which are currently being addressed. Staff costs, again, we indicated that were 61%. In terms of security costs, those are probably around 9% of all our operating expenses. And we relate, relate to the, the guarding costs and then the CIT costs, the transportation of cash. Now, in terms of the transportation of cash to and from our branches, there are certain methods uh, that, and, and solutions that we are currently looking at. Uh, we have uh, been looking and discussing a mobile money platform. We would, we would be looking at the establishing uh, establishment of a payment ecosystem within which uh, vendors uh, would be able to transact on a mobile money system. It is not something new but it's critical to implement uh, via the post office so that we can ensure that the 
that our security costs are effectively addressed and then necessarily are, are, are reduced. But at the same time, we have seen an unprecedented spike in uh, burglaries and armed robberies at the post office since the implementation of the payment of social grants. Uh, and that was due to the high levels of cash that are carried in certain branches. And obviously the post office being seen as a soft target with the necessary losses. In many instances, we are unable to recover these losses by insurance purposes. But then also one looks at the, the cost that it has on employees in terms of trauma, and the like. So uh, we need to address those security services by alternate means, and we would be looking and are looking at a at uh, a cashless uh, post office. Necessarily, uh, key to the post office strategy is re-engineering the product and services portfolio, digitalizing and modernizing the portfolio that we currently have, so that it is 24/7 uh, available on an omni-channel via various touch points and available, as we indicated, 24-7. Work is advanced in this, and as we spoke a little bit earlier on, we have already launched digital initiatives, which include the online MVL, uh, working towards the email, uh, email for life and the e-registered mail. The implementation of the revenue generation and cost reduction initiatives as per the Post Office of Tomorrow strategy will improve the cash flow and the financial position. But as indicated by the acting DG, uh, it's not a quick fix solution. It is a process that we will need to commence. The targets that we have set in terms of the post office to of tomorrow uh, are very optimistic. Uh, we are hopeful that we are, will achieve those. But again, as indicated, there will be some form of funding required to ensure that we can expend the necessary capital so as to procure the, 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 the capital equipment required to support and expand on the post office of tomorrow's strategy. In terms of the matters raised regarding the Janssenville post office, uh, the Eastern Cape management team conducted a sting operation to investigate the allegations of malpractice as uh, the sting operation uh, focused on reviewing the cash and bank banking balancing, uh, as well as records of transactions performed at the post office and no evidence of malpractice was found to alleviate the, uh, the service delivery and to improve the service delivery, uh, an additional staff member has been introduced to uh, assist in continuity of delivery of service in the case that the branch manager is unavailable and also to assist the branch manager during the daily uh, functioning. The area manager has continued to be active in the WhatsApp group uh, where the, the councillors are, uh, are, are members uh, so that is updates on service interruptions are provided, uh, vice versa, flowing from post office to the councillors or councillors to the post office. And no further complaints have been received uh, on the services that are rendered at the Janssen post, of, post office. I will just quickly move over to the next presentation, which is uh, the... Uh, annual report. Uh, Chair, I trust you are able to see my screen. Um, as indicated by the CEO a little bit earlier on, um, due to the delays with the finalization of the audit, 
Um, the, the results for the 21 financial year are presented. You will note that the date is at 31 May 2022. Uh, that is today's date. So again, the results will be for the 2021 financial year. The areas that we would be looking at is necessarily the highlights. And then in terms of the COVID-19, the post office reaction uh, and measures uh, that was implemented in, in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. We will then quickly touch on the strategy and the performance on targets, financial performance, which I will request the CFO to take us through. And then we just quickly look at the focus areas for 2022-23, which in essence is what we are working towards this financial year. Just in terms of the highlights, um, mail delivery improved from a 0% during April, where mail was not considered an essential service, so the, all services were locked down to 53% by year end. Uh, there was a reduction in carryovers from nine, nearly 10 million items to 5 million items during the financial year. Co-loading was implemented. As indicated a little bit earlier on, there has been an unprecedented increase in the armed robberies at branches, CIT, vehicle hijackings and business burglaries from 583 incidents in 2020 to 887 incidents during 2021. So that is a substantial increase and necessarily there has been an increase since then as well. The customer declaration system was completed, the upgrade of the international postal system as well. Uh, and then we continue to deliver to our contributions in terms of the Nalibali program to deliver reading material to schools and reading clubs. The network availability uptime uh, was at 99.37% against a target of 98. Uh, also, the network upgrade project achieved 96% with 1,263 uh, sites fully commissioned and upgraded connectivity. And obviously, we have uh, started working and are continue working on the collaboration initiative with CETA, which is not necessarily limited to the enterprise application, the e-commerce platforms, as indicated, we are also dis uh, dis uh, uh, working with CETA towards the, uh, the, the data center migration. In terms of headcount, there was a reduction of 912 employees during the period. The employee satisfaction level was established at 43% and against the target of 55%. Uh, and there were a number of reasons that impacted that. Uh, as indicated, staff is continuously redeployed to address shortages. Uh, and then the recruitment for vacant positions was placed on hold, except for key strategic positions. Now, the, the recruitment of senior executives or the executive management, there was the proviso that those uh, could not be advertised until such a time as a full-time CEO has been appointed, uh, and necessarily with the appointment of the current uh, CEO, Ms. Nomkitamona, that, um, that freezing or the, the, the holding back on the recruitment for those positions is being, uh, has been lifted. Again, the post office is an essential service provider in as far as it resolves, uh, relates to the, the payment of social grants. Uh, we continued with the payment of social grants during level five lockdown. There was approximately 7.9 million beneficiaries paid monthly through the SAFO post bank platform. Uh, 8.9 million beneficiaries received their social relief of distress grants from June 2020 to March 21. And then there was 1.1 million uh, qualifying households registered for the DTT project, or now known as the Broadcasting Digital Migration, uh, which, will, which will need to be switched off, which has a switch off date by the 30th of June this, this year, 2022. 
And then necessarily there was also the distribution of 598,000 SDBs. In terms of COVID, the COVID response, a STIACO uh, was constituted on 23 March 2020 with the Chief Risk Office as chairperson and with various executives from various BUs also uh, represented on the uh, COVID-19 STIACO. This structure was replicated at regional levels regional, uh, and regular meetings were held either fortnightly or as and when the need required to address a, uh, an emerging risk, the meetings were set then necessarily what was also held was the monthly meetings were then held with the regional general managers and organized labor where they were, were requested to sit with the, with the STIACO. Um, and obviously matters were then communicated and discussed and, and ways and means to address the various risk items were found. Uh, the communication section at the post office consistently conveyed the need for vigilance, compliance uh, protocols and, and regulations. Unfortunately, as at the 31st of March 2021, you will note at the bottom corner, we had 44 COVID-related fatalities. Uh, but we have been fortunate in that the, the, the rate of COVID fatalities um, could have been higher, but notwithstanding, uh, we mourn the loss of those employees. In terms of performance on target, uh, there were 17 KPIs that were, that were considering uh, the strategic objectives of financial sustainability, optimized assets and infrastructure, customers and communities first, efficient systems and processes, digital transformation, culture of excellence, and corporate governance. Uh, so the total 17 KPIs were measured for the financial year. And of the KPIs, 17 KPIs, uh, only five were achieved with a total performance of 29% against target, uh, which is uh, quite poor. But again, the, the, the financial sustainability or the, 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 the financial position of the post office impacted a number of those KPIs, as those KPIs were dependent on payment of certain uh, vendors or the payment of certain services, which then necessarily impacted the, the, the performance itself. In terms of the financial sustainability, there were six KPIs, uh, only three achieved their target, which was the baseline revenue target. Necessarily, there was also a revenue growth target, which was not achieved in terms of new business. Uh, so the baseline revenue target was achieved, return on assets was achieved, and then cost of income ratio achieved the annual target. In terms of the optimized assets and infrastructure, there were two KPIs, uh, the first one being installation of security services, and that was not achieved due to the process is not fulfilling payment conditions. The, the project has continued during 21-22 and it was also included as a corporate KPI, but due to the non-payment of the supplier, the deployment was uh, placed on hold. In terms of the restoration and refurbishment of uh, certain sites, there was a target which was then amended. Uh, and then there were 14 critical sites uh, that were identified. However, that was not attained either due to funding uh, constraints, uh, necessarily uh, not being able to incur those costs, uh, then led to the KPI not being achieved. In terms of customers and communities first, the, you will note um, we spoke about the seven-day target uh, in the feedback that we gave on the post office optimized strategy. 
you will note that at this point in time, during the 2021 financial year, the target was still 14 days. We have now reduced that target to seven days so that we can address the resolution of customers' complaints quickly. Um, but from, the, from April to 30 November, the, customer said the resolution of customer complaints was measured at 59.7%. Unfortunately, from December onwards, the remedy system was unavailable due to software challenges. So the, the attainment of the KPI was not, uh, not, not possible due to software challenges. A customer satisfaction survey was undertaken, which unfortunately indicated a customer satisfaction level of 33% against a target of 60% of uh, and a number of issues have been identified which we have taken into consideration in terms of the post office of tomorrow strategy. The corporate social investment target for the Maribali program uh, was achieved with the post office having continued to deliver reading material to schools and reading clubs uh, over South, all over South Africa. In terms of efficient systems and processes, we really looked at the mail standard, um, the regulated mail standard 92% was not achieved at 53%, and bearing in mind that we came off a zero base during April to 53% as at year end. Uh, the network availability uptime at the post office branches was achieved at 99.37% availability uptime. In terms of digital transformation, there were two KPIs that we looked at, and that was the, imp imp the implementation of the enterprise application platform. Uh, it did not proceed um, as it was decided to opt for a cost-effective solution through the CETA SA Post Office Collaboration Initiative. And then in terms of the implementation of the e-commerce platform, we spoke about that a little bit earlier on. Uh, the platform achieved 95% performance against target. However, there were some procurement challenges that were identified, which we have now addressed. And we are hoping that we will be able to pick up from where we were before so that we are able to implement the e-commerce platform as quickly as possible to ensure that we uh, fulfill the requirements of the post office of tomorrow strategy. In terms of the culture of excellence that spoke to the employee satisfaction survey, the target was 55% and that was not achieved with 33% uh, due to a number of those issues relating to the uh, staff morale. Uh, and necessarily staff morale is impacted by a number of issues which relate to the occupational health and safety. So that would be necessarily the condition of our post offices, which in many instances is, is, is not the best. Uh, the the, the, the tools of trade, which we've indicated need to be addressed quite urgently, uh, and necessarily the, the just the general, the increases, the, the uh, uh, and so those matters need to be addressed, and we are addressing these in line with the post office of tomorrow strategy and the consultations with the organized labor. In terms of the corporate governance, that was not achieved with a disclaimer of audit opinion issued by the Auditor General. Uh, and we are continuing with the aim of addressing the outstanding audit matters um, that were identified during the audit so that we can look towards an improved audit for 21-22. If I may just ask the CEO now just to carry on, there are some financial matters bearing. Thank you, Kier. Good morning, Chair. Good morning to the honorable members and good morning to the colleagues. The revenue for the year ending 31st March 2021 was 2.9 billion rand in comparison to a 4.1 billion received the prior year. So we've seen revenue has declined by 1.2 billion rand for the year under review. 
In terms of postal services, postal services revenue of 1.6 billion has also declined by 1.2 billion revenue. So the main reason for the declined revenue was postal services, uh, which has declined by 1.2 billion or 45%. But we have seen an increase in the financial services revenue of 1.4 billion rand. The financial services revenue has increased by 135 million. In terms of Southwest operating costs, the operating cost of 6.2 billion was reduced by 370 million in comparison to the 6.5 million the prior year. Uh, staff costs is our primary cost driver, which contributes 61% of operating costs. Staff costs did reduce by 180 million rand to 3.7 billion rand. The loss for the year increased by 469 million rand to 2.3 billion rand. In the prior year, the loss was 1.9 billion rand. Good, thank you for the next slide, please. So, Chair, the next slide is just the detailed income statement, which we cover the salient points. The most important thing to note is the in 2020 in company and group is the de-recognition of post-bank. Therefore, the discounting operation is 3.5 billion rand. Because as from the 1st of April 2019, post-bank prepares its own financial statements and is not consolidated into Sarpo's financials. Therefore, the de-recognition of the financials of post-bank into Sarpo's books. Next slide, please, Kirsch. In terms of Sapo's statement of financial position, the total asset have increased from 7.6 billion rand to 8 billion rand. We have non-current assets of 4.1 billion and current assets of 3.9 billion rand. The share capital has remained constant at 8.16 billion rand. And the reserve due to the initial revaluation of the properties was 1.5 billion rand. The accumulated loss has increased to 12.2 billion rand due to the loss recorded for the year of 2.3 billion. Uh, the non-current liabilities is 1.8 billion rand, and we've seen the current liabilities increasing from 5.5 billion rand to 8.7 billion. So, in terms of Southpost solvency and liquidity, we see the net asset value is ne negative at 2.5 billion rand. So, the total liability includes current and non-current assets. Non-current liabilities exceeds the total assets of 2.0 by 2.5 billion, and in comparison to the prior year, the negative NEV was negative at 14 million rand. So we see the net asset value negative has increased to 2.5 billion rand. When we look at in the terms of the liquidity, the in terms of the current liabilities, the current liabilities of 8.7 billion rand for the year increased the by by the current asset by 4.9 billion rand, which has worsened compared to the prior year. In the prior year, the, in, in 2020 the current liabilities of 5.5 billion rand exceeded the current asset by 2.1 billion rand. And that is due to the liquidity pushing worsening due to the loss recorded for the year of 2.3 billion. Thank you, Keith. Next slide, please. The next slide just summarizes the statement of cash flow position. We can see due to the loss position and expenses that continue to exceed the revenue, we have seen the, the cash flow position worsening. So if you look at the total cash movement for the year was 29.9 million rand. And the total cash for the year was 1.7 million rand. In terms of the US of funding, we received 493 million to fund the universal service obligation in comparison to 475 million received the prior year. And we have utilized 42 million rand to improve the infrastructure. infrastructure. So 42 million rand was spent on CAPEX. So thank you, Chair. Thank you, Kevs. Uh, thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, Lenny. Uh, the focus areas, which then speaks to the process of tomorrow strategy, which we are in the process of implementing, 
uh, is necessarily implementation of the post office of tomorrow strategy to address our sustainability and relevance. We are looking at and we are working hard towards improving the operational performance to achieve local and international compliance standards. Uh, we have introduced additional key performance indicators during 22-23 financial year, which includes the domestic parcel, the domestic international parcel delivery standards, which we are now actively tracking given that we are wanting to become a logistics uh, provider of, 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 uh, of repute. In terms of the collaboration uh, we were with CETA, we are, as indicated, we are working with CETA towards our modernization and digitalization and a number of initiatives that we are working on, with the most important being the data center migration. Um, the improving the organizational governance to eliminate instances of irregular and fruitless and wasteful expenditure. This was a key item raised by the SCOPA, um, the meetings that we have had. There was an initial meeting held towards uh, November, which then was followed up by a meeting with SCOPA on the 3rd of December, where the process to eliminate and to resolve the matters regarding irregular and fruitless and wasteful expenditure were discussed. Uh, regular feedback sessions are held with the Deputy Minister on a fortnightly basis. In terms of this, the Financial Misconduct Committee uh, has reassessed uh, the instances of irregular and fruitless uh, wasteful expenditure from the financial years 2016 through to 21-22. Uh, and in many instances has recommended the implementation of consequence management. So the, there's a big drive and big focus on the implementation of consequence management for instances of financial misconduct. Together with that, there is and the need to drive the culture towards a high-performing organization. Without that culture change, and taking our employees along with us on the journey, which is called the post office of tomorrow, uh, that will not be achieved. So change management is a key imperative that we need to, and that we are implementing at the post office of tomorrow, uh, at the post office currently. Thank you, Chair. Uh, that is the end of the presentations. Thank you. Um, unless I would have uh, not noticed is the chair uh, of uh, support ready to say anything else as a closure to the presentation before I allow members to engage. Oh, no, thank you very much, chair. Not, not much really at this stage, except to hope that the presentation has, uh, has given a good idea on the efforts being made and how seriously uh, the team is geared um, towards turning things around. We are quite aware uh, that there would have been a few turnaround strategies presented uh, in the past, though uh, at a time perhaps when the post office was still reliant heavily on uh, government uh, funding. And as I recall, um, in the in the first portfolio committee of uh, 2021, uh, the chair did say that uh, uh, the post office should not always wait 
uh, to be called to the portfolio committee and that if there are developments uh, that need to be brought uh, to the attention, the post office should be proactive about that. And uh, we hope to be able to do that. We're committed to be able to do that, uh, not only to highlight uh, challenges, as we trust that we will be successful uh, in our prayer for assistance, uh, being mindful of the fact that things have now changed. The post office has to operate uh, like uh, a normal business, not really dissimilar to the way that um, uh, telecom uh, uh, in the past uh, moved from being a government department and to and transitioned. So we are in that phase um, uh, where we need uh, to prepare ourselves anew for the new terrain. And indeed, a fair bit of the post office business has gone to uh, the competition. And the idea is not to allow a growth, a further growth uh, in the competition because they would always look at uh, the low hanging fruits and um, we trust that we'll be able to uh, to turn things around with the strategy presented and also with the initiatives uh, that have been embarked on, particularly the one on owner-driver scheme, which uh, is exciting a lot of our stuff and is in a way a saving grace insofar as employment is concerned. And that didn't really have to wait until funding. So. Uh, we are quite uh, hopeful and very optimistic about that, and we can't lose hope. And thank you very much. <clears throat> uh, thank you, uh, Chair of uh, SAPO, uh, the CEO of SAPO, and, and the entire team. We are now honorable members going to allow members who want to make comments or want to engage with the presentation. Uh, that's the time. Uh, and therefore get responses where there's a need to, to have uh, responses to particular questions uh, that would have been asked. Uh, of course, the admin support would also assist in case I am unable to see on my side uh, if the member would have raised a uh, hand. So I would uh, want to recognize those that would want to speak. Um, I see Honorable Kumbu uh, want to speak, uh, followed by Honorable Malachi. Uh, I'm just checking if there's any other member maybe leaving. For now, let's take the two. Honorable Kumbu, you are now recognized. You can then proceed. Uh, thank you, Chair. If, if you could just allow me not to switch on my video because of what's uh, uh, well, not shaded here. Uh, can, can I proceed, Chair? With that? Please proceed, uh, Honorable Kumbu. You are permitted. Oh, thank you, thank you, Chair. And uh, good morning to everyone. Uh, the meeting and uh, thanks to the <clears throat> presentations made just two or three 
questions, Chair, where I need clarity on. The first one, I just want to understand as to what is the what is it that's being done on uh, on monthly on monthly basis by the uh, department uh, uh, that is being done on the, by the department on the on monthly basis to support uh, the post office. That would be the first question. The second one, I just want to check the commitment on the part of the on the, on the part of the treasury on the issue of findings and the, what are the timelines. Uh, so, thirdly, there is this uh, in terms of the audit uh, committee report. Uh, the committee is concerned about the level of fraud uh, that is caused by weak systems and uh, processes control in the post office. Now, as part of the measures to address this, the post office board have come up with uh, some resolutions. If you can just uh, share with us uh, some of these resolutions so that we are clear about these measures or resolutions which you want to put in to address the these issues of fraud in the post office. Uh, thank you, Chair. I was having a problem with my, my gadget. Thank you, Chair. Uh, thank you, uh, Honorable Kumbu. Uh, I recognize Honorable Mathats. Can I proceed? Um, thanks very much, Chairperson, and thanks for, for the presentations. Um, I just have several questions, and I'll, I'll start with, you know, the, the vacancies in the executive management team. And I take note of the fact that sentiment was shared that the advertising has begun, but what is missing in that is a clear timeline of the anticipated period within which um, this key post will then be filled. And linking back to, to, to the statement that was made, I think, by, by the chairperson with regards to, to funding, you know, that the, the, the success of the turnaround strategy is based on two things, one being the availability of resources, and secondly, the extent of the support that, that they would get. And in trying to reconcile that with, you know, the efforts that have been initiated with the National Treasury, I just want to get a sense of two developments. One being subsequent to the budget speech by the Minister of Finance, what engagements have taken place um, between the post office, the Minister of Finance and the department, if any, with regards to the request um, that has been made for the funding that the post office needs for the execution of this strategy. Because that is a key driver of, you know, the prospects or any prospects of success for, for the strategy. And much has been said in the past about um, the need for these funds. And I think there's been a fair amount of time that has taken place since, since that. So that at this stage that the post office has come to the committee, we can get a sense of whether there is, you know, legwork that is being done in the background 
And I know if those discussions are still ongoing, they might not want to get into great detail, but I think it handicaps us as the committee when that um, insight is not, is not being shared. So I'd appreciate that. And secondly, I'm trying to reconcile the feedback from, from the presentation with regards to the level of employee satisfaction and staff morale um, with you know, a statement that was made when comment was being made in reference to the take-up of you know, um, the employee-owned companies or you know, the employee driver offer option that has, been pre- that has been presented to some of the employees who would then be affected by the cost-cutting measures. Um, and it seems contradictory, but I don't want to dwell on that. I want to get a sense that if there is that level of dissatisfaction by employees with, you know, the post office as an, empo- as an employer, can we then get a statistical indication of, one, how many employees, current employees have taken up or applied for that option and how many of them um, have been, um, have been um, shortlisted or have been considered um, in terms of that, because one would presume that there is then a process of trying to establish that those who have applied adhere to a certain number of basic requirements that would ultimately then make them the, 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 the successful ones. And thirdly, chairperson, is you know, something very fascinating that I picked up, um, and I think it was from, from the CEO, in the opening remarks was, you know, this concern that she raised with regards to um, um, to being mindful that there are people, and these were exact words, that there are people trying to defocus us. I just want to get a sense of what, what is she referring to there? Can she be more elaborative in, in, in expanding on that? Um, so that, again, you know, we, 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 we are not left to read between the lines and interpret, you know, people's words here, but we can have a clear understanding of what they are trying to allude to and, and, and what is it that, that they mean. And lastly, Chairperson, is with regards to the security costs. You know, one of the things that I'm trying to reconcile here is that um, the, 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 the amounts being spent on security, you know, or security of the infrastructure of the post office and its 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 mechanism seems to be of, of a concern. And I'm trying to correlate that with the level of, or in fact, the absence of consequence management with regards to post office staff members implicated or who have been you know, subject to disciplinary processes um, for misconduct, for or various other elements that have resulted in unethical behavior that ultimately robbed poor people of, you know, their monies and their grants. And to get a sense, again, from, from the leadership of the post office, you know, because the last statistical indication we, we had, which was in the form of a parliamentary question, was that, 314 post office employees were suspended with pay um, during the 2020-21 financial year. And if you can get a sense from them of out of those 
you know, how many have been um, finalized and, you know, how many of those individuals who were then suspended with pay still remain under the employ of the post office. And, you know, if that is information they do not have at first hand, I'm sure arrangements can be made for, 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 for us to be finished with it. And finally, chairperson is just an operational issue with, you know, a branch of a post office that, that, that um, you know, affects the community that allies with strongly. Is one of the things that I've realized is often when post office um, branches are closed, you know, there's just more detailed communication to, to their customers. Um, all we find is a note at the post office that says, you know, this branch has been closed for, you know, the foreseeable future. You can contact the area manager. And in most of the times, you are, we are unable to get hold of the area manager. And the case in particular is the hood sprayed uh, post office, which has now been closed for just over a month. And there's been no indication of, you know, what are the plans? Will that closure be extended? Is it a permanent um, closure? What are the other alternatives? Because we have been unable to get hold of the numbers that have been displayed on, on the entrance of the post office. Thanks very much, Chair. Thank you, Honorable uh, Madachi. Uh, may I just check if there are any members that may um, I'm sorry, I was trying to raise my hand. Uh, good morning, Chair, and all members of the committee. Uh, mine is short, it's not a question, but it's just a comment. To me, a presentation, just let me welcome a presentation first. A presentation, it's clear, and uh, to me, I think it also give a hope to the nation. Um, looking, we, we, uh, I, I think um, on my side, I'm looking forward to the implementation of all proper um, uh, 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 of all strategies um, to 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 make sure that uh, the, the 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 post office of uh, tomorrow. It's, 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 it's working um, properly and it assists our communities. Thank you so much. Thank you, uh, Honorable Tim. Thank you, Chairperson. Chairperson, just uh, to request. Just a minute, Honorable There is a participant, Renelwe. Please that your mic is muted. It does uh, distract a bit. You can proceed, Honorable Bolani. Hello, Chairperson. Chairperson, while we have the chairperson of the post office as well as the leadership, can I request that I have sent a few emails regarding the post offices in Ekuruleni a few weeks ago, and there has been no response. These are genuine concerns coming from residents, which we are escalating as public representatives. So I just need assistance in those emails being responded to so I can uh, communicate accordingly to the residents. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you, Honorable Bolan. I would now uh, allow 
responses from both the department and uh, the SAPO. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, may I then request maybe we start with the post office and then I'm also going to ask the DDG um, responsible for SOC oversight to respond on the engagements with the National Treasury and the post office and where we're at on that. Um, let me hand over um, to the Chair of SAPO and the leadership. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Chair. Um, I will call upon uh, the, the CEO to orchestrate uh, the team in relation CEO uh, to the questions, particularly uh, from uh, Honorable Malazzi, which range from the timeline for filling posts, also timelines for funding, feedback on staff morale vis-a-vis uh, -vis the owner-driver scheme and the dissatisfaction satisfaction in index. And the CEO, at some stage, you will touch upon the, the interests that uh, are positioning themselves uh, to defocus in the best way that uh, you can and then the security costs, uh, individuals uh, suspended, uh, the number or a process of, um, a fuller process of responding to that particular inquiry. And then the operational one as well from uh, Honorable Malazzi around the wood spread uh, post office. Uh, we welcome uh, the comments from Honourable uh, Temple, and then um, CEO. There's the one that came from Honourable Bolani around emails that uh, were sent uh, from the Kurulini, uh, and then we will hand over then to the department on the questions that are specific uh, to them. Uh, CEO, can I hand over to you? <laughs> Yes, thank you, Chair. Uh, the Honourable Members, thank you for your questions. The questions from Honourable Gumbu are for the Department as well as the Post Bank. So I will deal with the questions then from the Honourable Malazzi. Around the vacancies, uh, yes, uh, what we wanted to do is, as we are speaking to the National Treasury to try and get funding and also implementing the strategies that we can with what we have, we have identified that it is important for the executive to be fully uh, you know, resourced. Uh, by way of example, at SAPO currently, there are only two executives who are in full-time employment. Uh, it is the group CEO, uh, myself, as well as the group executive for operations. We're the only ones who work for SAPO in those positions. Uh, everyone else is in an acting capacity. But also what we have done is to look at the new strategy that we have now uh, brought uh, together. And we realize that for us to be able to implement that strategy successfully, we require new uh, skills that are necessary to, uh, to ensure that we, we implement uh, successfully. But at the same time, these are new skills 
in the sector that are not um, available at SAPO, even in the acting capacity people. So it is important that we find the right expertise that will assist us to take it forward. The question, though, was around clear timelines for posts, etc. So what we said was we have asked uh, National Treasury and through the DCT to assist us with the funding, but we do not know when that will happen. I think the department will then respond to the question. It was one of uh, the questions from Honorable Gumbu. And we then thought, let's not be complacent. Let's be ready. So let's start the process of uh, going out and doing the vacancies. The second one is we are going ahead with the shortlisting and the interviews. And what we have then uh, resolved to do is if the funding arrives at the right time, we'll be able to do that ASAP. But we've also ranked the positions by, by order of priority to say whatever happens, we require this person. Because remember, we are also aligning our own new structure to the new strategy. Because as everybody knows, structure follows strategy. So now that we have a strategy, we do need a structure that will support that. And we have identified just the key critical positions that we require. For instance, if we say we want to style ourselves as a, a logistics company in the logistics and warehousing business. So we do need that skill and expertise. So I, I we, we have also taken the view that if uh, while we're waiting for the funding, we could also maybe onboard these critical skills uh, in a phased in approach, but we would have liked to have done this within the next six to eight months at the very least, because as I said earlier, what we need is time, but we equally on the other hand, do not have time uh, for us not to implement and, and move ahead. With regards to the employee satisfaction and staff morale, um, and I think uh, Honorable Molazzi said uh, there's a contradictory note there. Uh, the, the owner driver model, we don't believe that it's so much uh, as, as dis dissatisfaction. It's really about the fear of the unknown. Uh, employees at SAPO, we are now sitting at just, uh, um, just over 14. 14,000 people working for SAPO, 14,092 to be exact. And um, they hear things in the media about their company. We also are always trying to communicate with them, but everybody is, is sitting in fear. And when an, a, 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 something like an owner-driver model scheme is brought to, you know, to the fore, people are thinking maybe I, sh I should actually apply. Uh, we have had 234 uh, people who have put up their hands and they've said that they would like to be taken through this process. We are still at early stage, we are engaging with them. We are explaining to them what that will mean. And at the same time, we are very excited about this because we believe that it would help us in terms of um, uh, productivity because we are going to compensate these employees uh, as business people because now they run their business. The more they do, the more they get paid. So it will not always be kept at what they used to get at SAPO. But secondly, uh, it is important that they themselves uh, kind of grow themselves because what we want to do here is we will, um, what's the right word, we will guarantee the work for them because we have taken them out of the system, we are creating them as the owner drivers, then they will have guaranteed work from SAPO, no questions asked. But they will also help us by um, 
delivering more. But we also think that in the end, they might also be able to grow and to be able to um, deliver for others. But we would have to look at the modalities around that so that we don't suffer in terms of the work. But it's really not about uh, uh, dissatisfaction as such. I think it's really about saying uh, what else, because everybody can see where the company is. And we are basically running a, a very transparent organization. From time to time, we have um, information sharing sessions with uh, the union leadership, and we also send information to the staff. Um, and uh, just on the 19th of May, which is about a week and a bit ago, we had a full uh, three, four hour session with the unions where we said to them, this is not a bargaining forum. We are sharing information with you because we would like you to know what we know so we can empower you to go out and lead your people accordingly, because we believe that information is power. Um, the issue around people trying to defocus the SA Post Office, we have constant negative uh, reporting, negative sound sound bites about old uh, things that have come up every day. So it's very, you can see that it's, 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 it's what's the right word? It's, it's consistent, it's concomitant, it's, it's there all the time and it comes from all different angles because the idea is to show a SAPO that is uh, falling apart and to show a SAPO that is weak and to show a SAPO that actually needs to be closed down. There are others which, Honorable uh, Malaxi, if you agree, if you allow me, I would not like to put them here publicly, but they are documented, they are there, and that's why we say there's always something to try and defocus SAPO. As the executive that is there, we are dealing with um, a lot of moving parts, be it internally, be it external, you know, they're coming from all angles, and that's what we are talking about. But the committee must take a heart on the fact that we are not um, to be defocused. We actually know where we're going, we, we believe in what we will achieve, and therefore, there is no threat um, for us uh, to be defocused. There was a question around the amount spent on security, and the question was linked to it is spent on post office infrastructure. I must correct that. The, the huge amounts of security spent by the post office include, uh, but are not limited to, uh, the infrastructure, but mostly it's about the social currency. Sorry, the, the social grants. Uh, the country will remember that we have billions flowing through our post offices every month uh, for paying the various types of social grants. And that's what is attractive to the criminals. And they always go through there. So the, the security was, was quite high because of that. But also remember that when the CIT companies have to pay, take the cash to all our branches and all our pay points all over the country, that money has to be secured. So that's also a cost of security on SAPO. So it's a whole lot of, of number of things that happened. But quite interestingly, uh, since we um, have reduced the, the lines, especially on the SAP 350s, the crime in that very week, the very first week that we did that, where we said people can access their funds from various other merchants and other channels, crime reduced by a full 70%, but that's preliminary. So those are preliminary numbers 
that we saw. So it's important to understand that whatever action that is there, there will always be a reaction, whether it is negative or, or positive. We do appreciate, oh, uh, there was one last question from the Honorable Malai. The other one is around the suspensions. Uh, we would like to send a, a written response on that one. It, it should be comprehensive. Uh, we do have the numbers, but I think we would need to update them and we would like to send a written response to that question. Uh, in terms of branch closures, uh, we have had the challenge that most of our landlords in this country are uh, patient with us. They have really uh, understood that as long as the post office has been there, they, we have been partners on this uh, path of servicing the, the country. And some of them have been patient even to a point of where we do not pay them. And remember that for some um, landlords, it's not only just the rental, but it also is about the uh, the amenities and, and that need to be paid. Some of them cover them for us. But there comes a time in, in anybody's business or in anybody's life that they say, we've come this far and no further. Sapo, you do have to pay us. And if we're not paying, then they do close us out. So they lock us out. And some of these are not even communicated our employees wake up in the morning and they're going to work and all they find is a big, big padlock uh, at the door. And therefore, they were not forewarned, they were not pre-warned pre as well. So what then happens is we have to scramble, we have to write notes and put them on the windows while we are busy negotiating with, um, with uh, landlords. Some landlords do listen and we manage to find each other. But in other cases, landlords say, no, not unless you pay me the full amount that you owe me over a sustained period of time. So um, just to close off on this one, that we are in the process of making sure that uh, we communicate. But in fact, uh, we have an update on, on the site, on our website, that puts an update on all branches that are closed. I know that we are going to say not everybody has access to websites or internet, etc. but we are now putting together a team that will be looking through around the country as to which branches are closed, which ones we wish to have opened, and which ones do we need to um, follow up on. Another challenge that is brought about by the branch closures is that when a landlord locks us up, the goods and uh, whatever parcels and letters belonging to customers are also locked up in there. And we are therefore not able to, to deliver those. And that also uh, kind of adds to our challenges. So at least now we have this team that we're putting together to deal specifically with, with all branches that are closed. And we will then communicate whether a branch would then remain closed permanently or we would have to open it up later. The Honourable Tembu, we do appreciate your comments and we thank you for that. Um, the Honourable Bojani, we will be in touch with yourself so that we can get copies of, of such emails. I myself haven't seen them. I'm unsure if they have got to our offices. Maybe they went to other email addresses. So let us apologise for the non-response, but at the same time, we will be in touch and we will then uh, try and, and, and assist you with the questions you would have raised. And share that will cover the questions from my angle. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, CEO. Um, I don't think there's harm, though, in uh, responding to Honorable Malazzi in a way that 
that informs him better about the interests that would like to destabilize uh, the post office. Uh, and one will be very, very brief about it. Obviously, the post office has had a number of creditors and continues to and uh, negotiates as well uh, payment uh, schedules. Uh, but then if there is a creditor uh, that then says, yeah, uh, fine, let's negotiate, and then they are paid, and then they'll say, I will take you uh, for liquidation even though you have paid. That, that gives you a sense then that this is probably more palpable uh, interests, private perhaps one doesn't know, uh, that do not wish uh, the post office success. I trust that, uh, uh, Honorable Malazzi, that does give an, an, a good idea. Uh, thank you very much, uh, CEO. I will then uh, uh, hand over to the department to them. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. May I then request um, DDG Shalanda to then take us through and responding to the question that has been posed both by Honorable Kumbu as well as Honorable Malati on the engagements that we've had thus far with National Treasury and where we are. Thank you very much, uh, ADG. Uh, good morning, uh, Honorable Chair and Honorable Members. And also good morning to the colleagues. Indeed, Chair, we have had several engagements with the National Treasury and uh, our, ourselves and the post office on the matters pertaining to the financial support and funding of the post office. Some of the engagements have included even engagements between the ministers, that is our minister and the minister of finance. I must say from upfront, Chairperson, that there is indeed a sense of goodwill at Treasury for funding the post office. I guess some of the goodwill emanates from the fact that the department through ICASA has managed to, to get the spectrum proceeds that have, have come to the fiscals, and therefore there is some goodwill that this, this department the, somewhat uh, seen for its other requirements from the funding point of view. But if I may just try and detail the engagement really that we have had is one, since, since the, the budget we have, we have had the opportunity to present the success strategy of, of tomorrow at, at Treasury. We have also had an opportunity to negotiate with Treasury that uh, the subsidy to the port office for the universal service obligation, which is otherwise uh, payable in tranches throughout the year, that that subsidy be paid uh, in a lump sum upfront to 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 deal with the immediate funding requirement. Whilst we are still negotiating the funding for the port office that will come from the treasury. What the Treasury is considering really is the best and elegant way of uh, making this funding uh, available to, to, to the post office. The, the issue is whether we go the special appropriation route or we go the adjustment budget. 
according to the treasury, if I were to come to the timeline question, these will take pretty much the same amount of time, noting that even the normal appropriation legislation that was presented to Parliament during the minister's budget still is in process in Parliament, and therefore even a special appropriation will take an equal amount of time and may not be processed any enough before the adjustment budget. They therefore say we might as well then have to wait for the adjustment budget. But discussions are still ongoing. On top of the two ways in which the special appropriation and adjustment budget, there is also consideration for the normal MTF for subsequent years. And therefore, some of the funding requests will be submitted as part of the normal uh, MTF as submission to Treasury to be considered for the next year's budget and subsequent, and subsequent years. So those are all the activities that, that we are having chairperson uh, with, 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 with Treasury uh, in, in, in particular. And Treasury participates in our regular meetings with the post office on just monitoring their performance and uh, implementation of the strategy. And we do give them, them the updates as to where we are in terms of the funding request and we get feedback as well from the post office. Thank you very much. Hey, Tishi, want to add anything before we wrap up? Um, thank you, Chair. Um, nothing further. Apologies for the nothing further for me to to respond at this time. I would like to then hand back um, to you. Thank you. Thank you, Tishi. May I just check, uh, honourable members, if there are further uh, questions or points to raise? Uh, from members, given the responses that have been given. Uh, so as to move towards wrapping up on this item and get ready to get to the next. Mr. Beni, you will then assist me if I uh, recognize any. But on my side, I do not uh, see any. Yes, yes, Chaperson, I don't see any other hand now. So in that score, uh, honorable members, in, in just wrapping up on the item, uh, I think what's important uh, is that uh, in appreciating the presentation, as members would have expressed, we would really want uh, to impress on you being able to uh, continue to implement the turnaround strategy. Uh, that's the post office of tomorrow. Uh, of course, understanding the financial challenges that are there. Uh, but there's also uh, an appreciation uh, from members uh, that there's commitment to deal with matters that uh, emanate out of uh, yeah, the audit report. Uh, and that given this is from uh, the previous financial year, we we are taking it that as you would have met the deadline of the 31st of May, 
for submission to the AGE that will be able to demonstrate the implementation of uh, the action plans uh, that we submitted and agreed upon. But I think what the committee uh, also says, indeed, uh, is is that this strategy, uh, the post office of tomorrow, would not succeed without a, a funding from national treasury. Of course, we do take note that there may have been consensus raised by the chair that in previous boards and executives, there were turnaround strategies submitted and that the results would have not been, been seen. But I think from the committee side, we're confident that from the reports we have received thus far, the, the strategy is being implemented, hence it must get the support. And we hope that working with national treasury, there can also be accountability on those previous strategies and why they were not implemented. But as I say, from both sides, because those who also give out money have the responsibility of checking whether the money that they've taken out has been used appropriately and and if no action would have been taken in that regard surely there should be uh, explanations as a way of accounting to the taxpayers out there uh, so we, you, you have our support uh, on that as far as uh, a point about being defocused uh, and the challenges from from competition. Uh, I think it, it is the nature uh, of competition that people will go aggressively, uh, but you should not be defocused because the post office, like we said earlier, it's an important entry point in terms of government services, especially in the in the rural areas, most of our people who need government services are located. And therefore, it should not be allowed uh, to fail. Uh, so we should uh, continue to engage at all levels uh, with regard to ensuring that uh, funding is there. I think the most important point, again, to raise is, uh, of course, the concern that has been raised around labor, dissatisfaction, and so on. Uh, I think given the response uh, that the CEO would have given, I think the take from the committee as you go is an understanding that when organized labor and employees generally support uh, what you are putting on the table, uh, that support is not permanent. Uh, it's sustainability, it's on the ability of all parties to keep to their commitments. Uh, we're also happy that uh, the commitment you are making uh, is that the approach you are taking avoids the Section 189 route uh, and will hold you up to, to that. Uh, but like I said, it's also dependent on all parties keeping up uh, to the commitments that they've made on their side. Um, we can only say we'll keep on 
getting these updates uh, so that we are indeed well briefed. Uh, the last point is just on what you committed in writing back uh, to the po- points raised by Honorable Bojani. Uh, the only thing we would really want is to ensure that is part of the committee system, that uh, those questions and responses are also shared with the committee, uh, so as for all public representatives to be aware of how you have responded uh, on those. Uh, this will avoid the situation where uh, we'll probably hear it in the media uh, or somewhere else when we have an opportunity as part of doing our our oversight uh, of getting such reports without waiting for the media to to inform us. Uh, so once again, thanks for the for the presentation. We would now go to um, the department, uh, and I'm sure they would indicate how they would approach uh, uh, the presentation uh, on the postbank bill, which is uh, merely an introduction uh, of the bill to the committee as it has been sent to parliament so that from uh, this point uh, then the committee the process uh, would then kick in uh, would then after that presentation take any clarities that uh, members would want having given uh, the content advisor uh, as a way of response just to clarify how the committee uh, would need to take uh, the process forward uh, thereafter would then take minutes. I hope that's uh, clearer, uh, honorable members. Uh, given the presentation and how one would have looked at it, surely uh, acting DG uh, 20 minutes uh, would suffice uh, in really uh, just taking up uh, the points that you would want uh, to emphasize to the committee. Otherwise, uh, the committee members have had an opportunity of going through the presentation. Uh, over to you. Um, thank you, Chair. Um, I will switch on. Thank you, Chair. Um, Chair, the, the department would like to present um, to the Portfolio Committee the South African Postbank Amendment Bill which cabinet approved um, in February this year for onward um, tabling um, to to parliament. Um, Chair, you would know that um, this bill is quite important in as far as the amendments um, to the post bank to make it a fully corporatized bank um, for the country. I just want to indicate um, to the honorable members that the department received more than 7,000 comments from the public, um, which we have captured, analyzed, we have engaged extensively on it. And therefore the bill was then revised incorporating these comments um, for, from the public where then they are applicable. As government, we still feel strongly that the, the, the presence of the post bank is very critical. We understand that this is a competitive competitive market, um, honorable members. However, if you then check in as far as the footprint 
of the existing banking industry vis-a-vis the footprint that the post office has, which then the post bank is going to be riding off. And the need for us to ensure equality amongst all citizens. There is therefore imperativeness of us establishing this post bank. The the comments that we've received, um, Chair, We've then submitted these to the Department of Planning, Monitoring and Evaluation for the Socioeconomic Impact Assessment System. And they also came back validating the need for it. We further took this to the Office of the Chief, of the Chief State Law Advisor for certification, and they have also endorsed it. The, the post-bank amendment bill, Honorable Delegates, aims to amend the shareholding arrangements for the post bank, transferring the shareholding from the South African post office to government. And it has at the moment designated the Minister of Communications and Digital Technologies. However, the actual shareholder is government in as far as the creation of this new bank controlling company. And this will then facilitate the establishment as well as the registration as the South African Post Bank controlling company in terms of the bank acts. And this will further then provide for matters connected therein. There were concerns that were raised previously from the Reserve Bank and my colleague, um, DDG Shalembe, will talk to those and how then we have responded to those to make sure that we are fully in compliance. Um, so without further delays, I would like to hand over to the DDG and then to then take us through um, the bank. But as I indicated that for us, what is most imperative is that the post bank acquisition in terms of it getting the full banking license. They will therefore, will that much closer as government in our efforts to fulfilling the financial inclusion mandate, um, ensuring that all citizens have access to banking. But we further went further to then say for government, especially government employees who have previously been deprived or the interest rates that are being provided by the banks have not been desirable. This also then ensures their full participation, meaningful participation in the economic activities of the country. And to also have then the citizens who have the opportunity um, to then broaden their participation and to have then access to, to the money as well as market. Lastly, for us, we also see the opportunities for provision of affordable housing, extending the credit to small, medium, micro enterprises, the SMMEs, as well as to the informal markets, who, as I indicated previously, have either been deprived or the interest rates have not been desirable. I'd like to hand over Honorable Chair to my colleague, DDG Shalembe, who will then take us through the presentation. Thank you. Thank you, Didi Chalembe. You can uh, get in. Just uh, be mindful of the time so that you know the points to emphasize in the 20 minutes. Thank you very much, Chair. I am going to try and be within the time limit that you have uh, imposed. Just the outline of the presentation, Chairperson, we touch on the objective of the post-bank amendment bill, 
then we talk about the process of determining the bank controlling company structure, then the status of the post-bank act amendments process, and finally the detailed uh, proposed amendments to the subsequent post 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 bank act. As for the objectives, chairperson. Uh, the objective really is to mainly amend the South African Post Bank SOC Limited Act in order to mitigate the risk associated with the structure and researched in the Post Bank Act, which makes SAPO the sole shareholder of, of, of the, the Post Bank. So we are amending or proposing an amendment to the shareholding arrangements for Post Bank transferring or proposing to transfer this shareholding from SAPO to government through the creation of a bank controlling company. We also want to facilitate the establishment and registration of the bank controlling company in terms of the Banks Act. And also we want to provide for matters connected therewith. The Ministry of Communications and Digital Technology as the shareholder department to directly own post bank through, through, through the BCC on behalf of government. We also propose to amend other sections of the act which are impacted by the changes that we are proposing. Upon the enactment of the bill, the BCC, which is the bank controlling company for the post bank, will be registered in terms of the Banks Act to exercise control over post-bank. These to, to conclude the post-bank license application at the Reserve Bank. Chairperson, in terms of recapping the BCC requirements and optimal structure determination, the BCC is required to be registered in terms of section 43 of the Banks Act to exercise control over the post bank. And it becomes a shareholder of reference for capital adequacy and in terms of compliance and submission of monthly returns as stipulated in the bank's edge regulations and circular. It must be financially sound, it must be in a financially sound position in terms of section 44 2E of the bank's act. The implication is that the BCC will step in to recapitalize and support its subsidiary bank in case of financial difficulty. One of the key requirements is that the BCC must be financially sound, as mentioned above, in terms of section 44.2. Meanwhile, the current Post-Bank Act, particularly section 3.2, it provides that uh, open quote upon the incorporation of the post bank company, SAPO shall become the sole member and shareholder of the company. Close quote, implying that SAPO needed to be registered as the shareholder and BCC of the post bank. SAPO, unfortunately, is not in a financially sound position to meet the requirements for registration as a BCC. As a result, if SAPO were to be the direct shareholder, there are very high capital adequacy requirements that will be imposed by the Reserve Bank. 
And furthermore, SAPO's non-banking services pose a threat to the safeguarding of depositor funds in the event that government will be obliged to provide ongoing financial support to SAPO in order to maintain the BCC structure. Therefore, to mitigate an appropriate bank controlling company reporting structure had to be determined. And to that effect, various BCC structure options were considered to determine the optimal option by DCDT and Treasury in consultation with the SAP and SAP. This is a diagrammatic uh, presentation of uh, all the options which were considered uh, in, in, in trying to get uh, to the best option for, for, for the VCC. At the extreme left is the current uh, structure whereby government will do the department owns the post office and the post office owns post bank as a division. And we then have what is currently proposed in the in the act right now that SAPO shall be the sole shareholder of post bank and making SAPO then the ECC. So we have that in option or scenario number one, where government owns SAPO and SAPO owns a post bank as the BCC. Then option number two is the BCC as a standalone company owned by government directly and region 10 owns post bank. Option number three was the BCC as a subsidiary of SAPO, which means we interpose the BCC between SAPO and post bank, whilst government still owns uh, SAPO. Option number four was BCC as a holding company where you have government owning the PCC and the PCC has subsidiaries of Post Bank and SAPO. And finally, the other option was SAPO holding company where government owns directly to SAPO and SAPO owns several uh, operating entities, including the PCC, which in turn uh, owns uh, Post Bank. Next slide, please. So with these scenarios in mind, option two, which was also recommended by National Treasurer, became, became the ideal and preferred option where PostBank is to report directly to government through the BCC. The establishment of the bank controlling company between the department and PostBank is selected as the optimal reporting structure. There are least financial implications for the bank based on the results of the financial audits and the capital adequacy requirements of various options. This, unfortunately, supports financial and liquidity position did not allow for the PCC to report directly to it, which reinforced the need to find another option. And therefore, to mitigate against the changes in the post-bank reporting structure vis-a-vis SAPO, National Treasury acknowledged the financial risk associated with funding of the implied SAPO 
and further affirmed that the costing of the restructuring of SAPO will need to be fed into the budget process, considering the impact of the unbundling of the solvency of SAPO. SAPO has also developed a new strategy in the purposes of tomorrow strategy, which is meant to reposition the entity. We are then saying it is vital that National Treasury deliver on its commitment and consider funding allocation for the changes in the reporting structure of the postman and also to support supporting newly developed strategy. The department will continue engaging the National Treasury on the requirements to mitigate against the financial impact on support solvency as a result of so, what is the status of the amendment process? The first bank amendment bill was developed by the Department of Communication and Digital Technology in consultation with key stakeholders, namely SAPO, First Bank, National Treasury and through the public consultation process. The revised bill was submitted to cabinet for introduction to parliament after the department had had its own processes, including certification by relevant authorities and structure. Cabinet have granted approval on 9 March 2022 for the introduction of the first bank amendment bill to parliament. The bill has subsequently been introduced to Parliament and is also certified by the Office of State Law Advisors as being consistent with the Constitution and properly drafted in the form and style conforms to best practices. The processing of the post bill is now in Parliament and has been formally Chairperson, with your permission, then I will go straight to the details of the amendments to be enacted on the post bank act. Firstly, clause one seeks to amend this seeks to amend section one of the act. It provides that definitions contained in the bill are amended creating a better understanding and interpretation relating to additional clauses. Clause two, clause two provides for the amendment of section two of the act and removes the word legal person and replacing that with the word company and bank controlling company. And by deleting the word transactional, and replacing it with the words and banking services and deletion of existing. This is to ensure the use, the better use of the language and interpretation. There is also an amendment to section 2B of the Act after the words post office to insert the words, to insert the the words any other infrastructure as the company may deem appropriate for its, its, its operational needs. This amendment seeks to be 
flexibility in terms of the means of delivery to post bank of services to avoid solely dependence on the support infrastructure so that post bank shall be able to take advantage of the fintech opportunity. Additional paragraph G is added, which provides for a further object of the act for the post bank division as the delivery arm of government to effectively deliver financial and payment services to citizens and to expand on the objectives of the post bank. The insertion of paragraph of the new paragraph G seeks to distinguish the post bank from normal banks as the post bank shall be a state-owned company which, which runs the business of a bank as defined in the bank's act. This shall ensure that the post bank shall serve government effectively to deliver financial and payment services to citizens. Slide, please. Okay, I seem to be stuck on, on slide number eight, slide number nine. Thank you very much. Clause three provides for the amendment of section three of the act to ensure the establishment of the BCC. It further provides for the amendment of section three of the act to allow the minister to consider additional shareholding with the concurrent of the Minister of Finance and in line with the requirements of the Companies Act. It further provides for the name of the BCC as the South African Post Office SOC Limited, and that nobody other than Postbank may carry on any business or be registered with that name. It further provides for the amendment of section three of the act to provide that the BCC will be the company on behalf of government representing the minister and the BCC will exercise control over post bank and ensures that the company exercises sound risk management and governance practices in terms of the Banks Act and its regulation. It also provides for the minister to apply to register the BCC in accordance with section 43 of the Banks Act. Clause four provides for the amendment of section nine of the Act by the insertion of the paragraph G in subsection one to provide for the use of any infrastructure to render its services where post office is not available or does not cater for its uh, operational needs. It further provides for the substitution of section 92A of the Act to provide that the company, the BCC and SAPO shall enter into a, 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 shall enter or conclude an agreement with the concurrent of the minister which agreement shall govern the cooperation between the company, BCC, and SAPO. Clause 5 provides for the amendment 
of Section 10 of the Act to provide that the minister appoints and reappoints the members of the board with the concurrence of the Minister of Finance. It also says the concurrence of the Minister of Finance shall be deemed to have been obtained. If, if, if the response is not forthcoming within 30 days from the receipt of the request. Section 10 is also amended to provide that the members of the board of the company are also members of the bank controlling company board to be appointed or reappointed by the minister in the same manner as provided for in section, I believe section 12 of the act and in accordance with the requirements of the Banks Act. Clause 6 provides for the amendment of Section 12 of the Act, which provides for the composition of the board. This that then when the, the members of the board are appointed there, this is to ensure that when the members of the board are appointed, they are fit and proper person in terms of the Banks Act. It further provides for the amendment of Section 12.1c of the Act by replacing Managing Director with a Chief Executive Officer and the Chief Financial Officer, who are the executive members of the board by virtue of the office they hold. Clause 7 provides for the amendment of Section 14 of the Act to delete reference to the post office as it will no longer be the controlling company of the post bank. Clause 8 provides for the insertion of section 15A, capital A, into the Act to provide for the functions of the BCC. In terms of, in terms of this, the BCC is the controlling company of the post bank. The provision Further provides for the PCC to exercise additional oversight over the post bank and ensuring that it exercises sound risk management and good governance practices in line with the sub requirements of the bank's regulation. Clause 9 provides for the amendment of Section 18 of the Act to provide for the sub substitution of the words managing director with a chief executive officer and chief financial officer, respectively. Further, amendments to provide for the appointment in terms of office of the chief executive office and, and the CFO to, to, to the board. Clause 10 provides for the amendment of section nine, I mean of section 19, excuse me, of the Act to provide for the substitution of the words Managing Director with the words Chief Executive Officer and Chief Financial Officer in the heading of this section and in the subsection of, of, of the section to ensure that the conditions of employment for Chief Executive Officer and Chief Financial Officer are also catered for. Further amendment to ensure that the process in the appointment of the Chief Financial Officer the requirement to conclude an agreement or a performance agreement with the board and the determination of the chief financial officer's remuneration by the board with the approval of the minister. Clause 11 provides for the 
amendment of section 20 of the act to provide for the substitution of military director with that of the CEO to ensure consistency. The section is amended to further provide for the appointment of the acting chief executive officer and the chief financial officer by the board. Clause, clause 12 provides for the insertion of section 20 capital A into the act to provide for the organizational structure and the operations of the BCC, which will consist primarily of compliance, risk, risk management, and governance function. It also provides for the board to remain responsible for ensuring that the, its approved strategy is implemented and it's fulfilled. The board shall also accept responsibility to ensure that the risks are adequately identified, measured, managed, and ensure that good governance is maintained and that the board shall discharge its duty through policies and frameworks in terms of its board committees. The section further provides for the board committees to be established in line with the company's act the Banks Act and the Public Finance Management Act. Clause 13 provides for the amendment of Section 22 of the Act to include the BCC and also to provide for the BCC in the Act. Clause 14 provides for the amendment of Section 23 of the Act to insert the BCC to also punish to the Minister or to any such official, all such information as may reasonably be required. Clause 15 provides for the amendment of section 24 of the Act to ensure that the BCC is also subject to the Public Finance Management Act. Clause 16 provides for the amendment of section 28 of the Act allow the minister to request the minister of trade industry and competition for exemption from certain provisions of the company's act applicable to the company or the BCC for the purposes of ensuring incorporation of the two companies and conditions under which exemptions to the company and the controlling company can be granted. Clause 17 provides for the amendment to the long title to include the establishment of shareholding arrangement of the Postbank SOC Limited through the creation of the BCC in terms of the Bank's Act. Clause 18 provides for amendments to the arrangement of sections in the Act. Clause 19 provides for the amendment of the short title of the Act to include the reference to the appropriation. SOC as required in terms of uh, the company's acts. And clause 20 provides for the short, the short title and commencement of the South African Postbank Limited So that is the end of my presentation. Thank you very much.
Yes, you can then unshare so that we are able to proceed. Thank you. Thank you, Chair. That, also, that concludes our presentation. And then we will await um, comments and direction from you. Thank you. Well, thank you, um, I think, Tishi. Like I said, honorable members, we'll just allow uh, the content advisor more as a response to just add from the side of the and, and therefore take clarities after that. Mr. Malika, are you able to come in? Uh, morning, Chair. Morning, honorable members and uh, our fellow guests. Chairperson, I think uh, it's a foregone conclusion that uh, it's the rules of the National Assembly that dictate how we process bills. Uh, safe to say that now that it's been tabled to the committee, before the committee, uh, we have to follow certain processes uh, in accordance with our oversight rule. The first thing that, um, of course, it's been tagged already. I don't know if the department is aware, but we received a notification that it's been tagged as a Section 75 bill, which means that it will only go to NCOP for concurrence purposes. As we stand, Chairperson, as, as is the norm usually when we process bills, we still open the uh, the process such that uh, we, we we host public hearings. But first, we we sort of publish it in the in the, the media, mainstream media, uh, and allow for public comment to come before the committee. Uh, noting that, of course, like the department said, they've already received over seven thousand uh, 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 submissions. Uh, Parliament also has its own parallel process in that it does open up for the public to comment before the bill is finalized. And so um, as the support staff, what we had actually arranged was that before the end of this term, at least have the bill uh, table before the committee uh, so that we plan accordingly for the coming term uh, to conduct our public hearings uh, accordingly. And as you had mentioned to me earlier, Chairperson, we think that since the committee has never been really on an oversight, we could really use the time efficiently by also incorporating our oversight within the context of the public hearing once we've received all the submissions and we allow for uh, presentations before the committee. So I think, Chairperson, this is just but the beginning of the process. And um, we will then, uh, uh, in our future program, uh, plan accordingly to ensure that there is a, a accommodation public hearing processes to take place. And uh, and then uh, we'll finalize the bill once uh, the committee then schedules to have a debate on the bill before it is then processed for concurrence to the national, to the uh, Council of Presidents and then for ascension to the president. I think that's about it. Uh, mine was just to sort of uh, give a background where we will go. I thank you, Chair. Thank you, uh, Mr. Malika. I'll now open up for comments or clarity the members may want um, on, on the presentation. Uh, Ms. Dabeni, you'd uh, also assist me uh, in case I do not see any member who's hand maybe up. Hi, Chairperson, I don't see any hands at the moment. 
I take it that uh, the members are clear on the process to be followed um, and that uh, would need public hearings. Uh, but I think what's important that uh, we need a sense of agreement on uh, is that the committee would have uh, waited for a submission uh, for the oversight. Um, like Mr. Malika would have said uh, in my discussion when I saw uh, this uh, point about the bill and the fact that it's already tagged, uh, that if we are going the public participation uh, route, uh, they can plan the program in such a way that uh, we have uh, also oversight uh, work in those areas, uh, uh, understanding that uh, the portfolio committee is handling a, a number of entities uh, and two departments. Uh, so we may, we may plan along those lines. I think there should also be then a sense from members uh, uh, so that uh, the team can start working on that understanding that there's a sense of agreement and and that the targeted entities um, would also be informed uh, well in advance, including the provinces where we are we are going. So, so we do need to get a sense, uh, at least that uh, there's approval from the committee so that the team uh, start working on that uh, in its application to uh, the house chair and, and relevant uh, authorities that we need to engage uh, special provinces. Can I get an indication, honorable members, that we are agreed to that? So as to step off from uh, this item, as most of uh, the matters will be in the deliberations after we have uh, gone through public participation. What an agreement, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Kumbu. Uh, so there's agreement on that, then the team can work uh, in that regard. Uh, you will try, of course, to ensure that uh, it, it does take into account uh, uh, party programs, and I'm sure party whips would indicate uh, once they get uh, the draft of uh, what the, the plan uh, would look like. Thank you um, to the department for the presentation, uh, and I'm sure... You, you can understand that uh, our commitment is to get the ball rolling quickly uh, and that uh, we can have this bill coming back to be debated and finally uh, put into law, uh, given the importance uh, of uh, the step we need to take uh, as the post bank, uh, like it's already said in the presentation, uh, talks to creation of uh, the state bank, so we no longer have a parallel process uh, of national treasury and that of the CDT. So this is now uh, consolidated, and 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 this is what represents state bank of uh, of government of, uh, in the country. Uh, so with that, thanks, uh, and would uh, 
of course, uh, not chase you away, but in case uh, uh, the entities and uh, the department uh, would want to attend to other matters, would then uh, uh, release you in that regard as we proceed to deal with minutes uh, of uh, the Committee for Adoption. Honorable members, we, uh, on the screen we have the minutes uh, of the 24th of May 2022. Um, that's there before you. We'll go on uh, page by page as we usually do, and any member could can raise any matter on that page. Um, the, there is a message sent there uh, on the chat by Honorable Bodan. I think it, it relates to her initials. Uh, if you can just uh, make that correction, uh, that her initials are TK, uh, not TM. Did you get it, uh, Ms. Ntabini? They're in the attendance. Am I audible? Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, I was just saying that there is a correction that uh, Honorable Bolani sent on the on the chat. The, that uh, her initials uh, are not TM, but K. So I just wanted to be sure that you were able to see that and that it could be uh, corrected in the attendance part. Up there, in the attendance. Yes, yes, Chairperson, um, it's going to be corrected. Okay. Yes. All right, we can then uh, proceed. Just on this point, um, with regard to the referral, um, honorable members, maybe just an update that there's also uh, another referral relating to CETA, which was ATC. We've then referred it to the same process so that uh, when the legal opinion comes, it takes into account also that one. Uh, so that's uh, then set up for uh, the 14th of uh, June. Uh, our application to the house chair is uh, on its way so that we can be done with this uh, still uh, within this 
uh, term. Uh, so I just wanted to make that update that it may not reflect in the minutes because it would have been received after, but we have uh, subjected it to the same. Uh, thank you. Can scroll again. May I then uh, check, honorable members, uh, that we get uh, formally a mover and seconder for the adoption of the minutes? May I get a mover and seconder for the adoption of the minutes? I move, Chair. Honorable Kumbo moves. I get a seconder. I second, Honorable Chair. Honorable Mtembo seconds. Is there no objection in us adopting these minutes? So, no objection. So, the minutes are two. I take it that, uh, Ms. Davin, that would have been the last item. Yes, Chairperson, that was the last item. Thank okay. you. Well, thank you, honorable uh, uh, members. Uh, as already stated, that's the last item, which therefore concludes the business uh, of the committee and the meeting stays adjourned until we meet uh, again. Uh, thank you, meeting adjourned. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Chair.